0: Gospel reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse number 38. Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Back in December... Donald Trump Jr. made national headlines. He was speaking at a West Coast gathering of young conservatives and he fanned the flames of our prevailing us versus them mentality. He urged his audience to band together and then he added, we have turned the other cheek and I understand sort of the biblical reference I understand the mentality, but it's gotten us nothing. Turning the other cheek, it's gotten us nothing. Now, as you can imagine, social media unleashed a torrent of commentary. Some said, well, he's just encouraging his audience to do what is right. Others lamented his Lack of understanding of biblical knowledge. And one or two actually agreed with me. He was right. He was absolutely right. If you want to ridicule, denigrate, and attack those with whom you disagree, do not turn the other cheek. It will not work. If you want to win or come out on top, no matter the cost, do not turn the other cheek. It will not work. If you want to accumulate wealth and power and social status, if you want to be hailed as a nationalistic, heroic leader, if you want to exert your will over others, don't turn the other cheek. It won't work. Christian faith, despite the hollow claims of the prosperity gospel, is not a formula for financial success, it's not a path to popularity, and it's not a strategy for victory in this or that cultural war. We turn the other cheek not because we seek to elevate our status, we turn the other cheek to join with God in transforming the world. In our book study last Sunday morning I asked the participants uh, what comes to your mind when you hear that command turn the other cheek and one person said doormat and I think he was speaking for most of us who have traditionally interpreted this passage Uh, Jesus is asking us to be a doormat don't stick up for yourself Uh, Let others hurt you or manipulate you or exploit you. Don't resist. If someone strikes you, stand there and ask them to hit you again. A friend of mine, a pastor, who's now in the Southwest, was with me in seminary, and during seminary, he worked as an intern at a church in California. One afternoon, as he was playing basketball with some of the youth in the church, a stranger, a man he did not know, walked up on the court and struck him in the face without provocation, without warning. And Brad, an all-American water polo player, very fit, just looked at him and did like this, physically inviting him to strike him again. The man just stared at him and walked away. When many of us hear the command, turn the other cheek, I suspect that we envision a scenario similar to this. Don't resist, don't fight, just stay there and take it. So if you are in an abusive marriage, don't leave, don't protect yourself, turn the other cheek. If you encounter a a bully on the playground, don't take up for yourself, be the better person. Don't descend to their level, turn the other cheek. Or your ancestors were slaves, in our country for hundreds of years. They were regarded as subhuman, sold as property. But that was such a long time ago. why are you so worked up? Get over it, let it go. Go ahead, turn the other cheek. Far too often, turn the other cheek has been used as a ploy to sanctify cycles of abuse, to keep the oppressed and the exploited in their place, to inculcate obsequious passivity in the face of violence. Let us be very clear. This is a perversion of the Gospel. Jesus' words to us this morning are anything but weak, and they are anything but passive. But rather than simply use words to describe what Jesus is getting at, we want to show you. John, would you help me? Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, give them the other cheek. So, John, what would you do if you were going to strike me on the right cheek, my right cheek? My right cheek? No. He's using his left hand. He cannot use his left hand. Most people are right-handed. And in the first century, as in many cultures today, you don't use the left hand for anything involving other people. So, John, you can't use your Left hand, you have to use your right hand to hit me. So what would you do? That's right. When Jesus is talking about being hit on the other cheek, he's talking about being hit with the back of the hand. Not like this, but like this. Not only is it an act of violence, it's dismissive, it's contemptuous, it's condescending, it's the way someone in a superior position would treat someone in an inferior position like that. So a slave owner might backslap a slave. A soldier in the Roman army might give the back of the hand to a Judean peasant. So when someone slaps us like this, so I'm turned this way, Jesus has turned the other cheek, which means that now I turn and what am I doing? I'm facing my attacker eye to eye. I am asserting my dignity. I am saying with my body language, I am saying you see me as nothing other than a peasant. You see me as nothing other than a slave. No, I am a human being and you will regard me as eye to eye, man to man, person to person, I am your equal. I am not your inferior. Thank you, John. And that's what it means to turn the other cheek. We rehearsed that three times this week, so he wouldn't accidentally hit me. A doormat. Jesus is calling us to stand up and challenge systems, cycles, rhythms of abuse and oppression by actively and deliberately claiming and retaining our dignity. This is not for the faint of heart. I'm not sure I have what it takes to be able to do what Jesus is saying. As Dr. King once said, power without love is reckless and abusive, but love without power is sentimental and anemic. Far from being being an encouragement to docility, Jesus here challenges us to summon great courage and great strength. In the next verse, Jesus says, and if someone sues you for your outer garment, give them your inner garment as well. This was a common situation in the first century AD in Judea. Most people were profoundly poor. The vast, vast majority of the population was profoundly poor. They had a subsistence living. And they answered to the wealthy, large landowners. And they easily and often went into debt to these landowners. They were sharecropping, basically. And if you owed money to the landowner, The landowner was entitled to take your outer garment. I don't have the money. Well, give me your outer garment. And the landowner could take the outer garment. But the landowner had to return the outer garment before sundown because the temperatures plunged at night. Jesus is saying, don't just give them your outer garment. Give them your inner garment, too. They only wore two garments. Jesus is saying that when that wealthy, greedy landowner comes to you and tries to get your money, what little you have, take off all your clothes and stand before them. It would be embarrassing for the person who was unclothed. It would be deeply, deeply shaming in that society for others to see the one who was unclothed. Jesus is saying, take off your clothes. Shame the other and expose the extent of their greed and their avarice. This is not passive. Jesus is not asking us to be a doormat. And in the next verse, Jesus says, And if you carry a man's bag for one mile, go ahead, take it for a second mile. What? Well, the Roman military was entitled to force the people under their rule to carry their bags for one mile and only one mile. And if they carried a bag longer than a mile, if they forced a peasant to carry it for two miles, that soldier would then be subject to rebuke and punishment. So Jesus says, go ahead, carry it for, carry it for a mile, but not just one mile. Go ahead and carry it for two miles and see what happens. Jesus is stirring up trouble in the military. In these verses from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is training us to subvert systems of exploitation and tyranny and abuse and oppression through the use of nonviolent resistance. There is nothing passive or weak in any of this. They are deliberate and calculated. They are socially, relationally, and economically disruptive. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. Assert the dignity of your humanity. Give them both of your sets of clothes. Give them both garments and expose, shame, those who are so greedy. Carry the bag an extra mile for that Roman soldier and stirred discord in the invading army. A widely circulated story about Desmond Tutu points to the dynamic that Jesus is describing. Tutu was walking by a construction site on a hastily constructed, temporary sidewalk. It was the width of one person, and as he was walking along, a white gentleman approached him And the white gentleman said, I don't give way to gorillas. And Tutu, with a sweep of his arm, said, but I do. (laughs) And let him go by. Mr. Trump was right. Turning the other cheek will not line our pockets. It will not help us be victorious in this or that cultural war. It will not enhance our power or extend the scope of our influence. It will not help us to force our will, our values, our views on others. Remember, Jesus is not at all passive in the Gospels. He casts out demons and evil spirits. He heals the sick. He welcomes children. He affirms women. He barks at the crowds when they demean his disciples. But unlike the Jesus we meet in popular piety... The Jesus we encounter in the, in the Gospels is direct and defiant, deliberate and decisive. Now would the one, with the one who welcomed children and affirmed women and healed the sick, would that one ever want us to put ourselves into a situation in which we are just passively submitting ourselves to abuse? No, not at all. What does this mean for us today then? Jesus is speaking to a situation and a people who were under the grip of Rome. They were an oppressed people. What does this mean in our time? I think it means something like this. There are voices in our country today, nationalistic voices, who in the name of Christ champion bigotry and hatred. There are voices in our country today who in the name of Christ threaten violence and insurrection. There are voices in our country today who in the name of Christ seek to divide people into them and us, insider and outsider, acceptable and unacceptable. If nothing else in this context, if nothing else, turning the other cheek today means standing up to those who would dehumanize others and saying, no, you are wrong. And that is not the will of Christ. It means standing side by side with those who are the targets of racial prejudice and economic exploitation. And it means proclaiming loudly and clearly that we follow Jesus. The one who ever disrupts and subverts the ways of the world. The one who loves us, even to the cross. Amen.